Welcome to the Psychovertical Podcast. It's me, Andy Kirkpatrick. Uh, I've got a few a few minutes. Uh, there's loads of kids downstairs making making a racket, so I thought I'd uh, quickly quickly try and record something before I go out. I've been trying. I've been trying to get my. I've been uh, I've been busy. I've started coming out of the the out of the um, what do you call it. Out of the asylum, out of the the something of um of babies, and I've been, I've kind of got, I've kind of started laying out this uh, on the line, on the line book, um, which is uh, kind of kind of good. Like when you when you're doing a, so when you write a book, you know, you write all the I don't know how many words it is, but it's quite a lot of words. You write all the words, and some people, uh you know you give it to people to like proofread it but it's so dry a book when it's got no images or you know it's like it's like giving someone like watchman or something or you know like a given given watchman just with the words without any images and it sounds a bit rubbish but so it's a little bit like that so when i'm at the pro i'm at the stage now where the where the the words are all kind of as good as they're going to be so i've started laying it out in uh in InDesign, so as as you're laying out each section of the book, then you can you can work out what images are missing, uh, which is quite a lot. So I've, I've done quite a lot of images, but but you don't really know what images are missing until uh, like even even when you've published a book, you sometimes don't realise what images were missing. In the uh, Dave Sell, who's a mountain guide, mountain guide in the uh, in Chamonix, he he posted something on Instagram or something about a uh, down. Saying what a great book it was, so but he, and he sent me a message and he said, um, I think he was like the, the only thing I can't find is how to tie off your descender, like your belay device, basically uh, when you're not using a Prusik loop. And I was like, I was like, did I not put that in? I'm sure I put that in there somewhere. And uh, I said to him, the only thing I missed in down was that that old trick about you clip your your carabiner into the the rope you're pulling when you're absolutely upselling down, which is the idea is it separates your ropes as well and that kind of stuff. I did actually miss that's probably the only thing I missed putting in that book. I don't know why I missed it. I think it's probably one of those like such an obvious thing. It's like well, it's not obvious at all really, but you know, it's a bit like use your feet when you're upselling to, to walk down the rock. But it, it was it was just to, it was just something I just missed in the book. But then I was like, I must have put in there how to tie off your tie off your device or something so i was so i was like flicking through the book when i was having my tea going like where is it where is it and there is a bit in there about doing like a soft lock like where you get the rope and you just wrap it around your leg when you're abseiling or you can just um like tie it into your bela into your uh your leg loop or something like this the strands of the rope or tie a figure of eight into it or something or you can actually tie off the belay device but there's no image there's no like diagram for how to do it so, so I was like, damn, I should I should have done a diagram for that. I did like diagrams for stuff that's not not really important, but it is it is quite a good uh, is a quite an important thing to probably draw a picture of. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so I I said him I told him that I've so I've got I had this idea for doing a uh, orig- originally originally this on the line top rope soloing book, which is kind of like. The amount of effort gone into it—it's like—is it really—is it—is it—is it worth it? Like I could have spent this time doing something, something else, you know. But once you start down these things, you kind of get, 
it's like the mafia you kind of can't get out of it you just have to like uh keep going and then you've invested so much time in it then you have to keep going and then you, the more you th the more you throw yourself into it this is this is a real lesson i've learned in life is that if you're going to embark on a big project like make sure you put all your make sure you really really want to do it because if you don't it just as it grows it just takes longer and longer and longer like when you think if your heart's maybe maybe your heart's in it for the first 50 percent but when you get to the end of your your enthusiasm you're like oh i'm only half i'm only halfway through you like convince yourself you're like 90 percent through but you're really only halfway through and then for the other like the next 50 percent will take you know 50 times longer than the first 50 percent because you'll just be dragging your your ass through it and I, i've done a few i think i did a book called high which was um with uh um oh god i forgot his name um uh cannot call in um anyway it's it's on it's on uh it's on it's on it's on uh amazon it's a it's a multi-pitch climbing book but um oh god what's his name um anyway uh we'll call him colin but it's not colin um but basically he'd written almost the entire this entire book about multi-pitch rock climbing from the as a similar similar the way i do it like he's not a mountain guide or anything he just did a lot of climbing all over the place and he'd written this book and he wanted someone to be be part of it with him and so i i kind of got involved but because i was but he, i just i found the whole thing like desperately difficult because uh i don't know why because it really was all it was all written but i kind of you know, I guess probably the probably my input was probably a negative to the to the David David Corley. It was probably a negative to the entire project, but it just it just like dragged on forever. Like I would just I probably spent weeks or months just like looking at a blank, you know, trying to get it to work or trying to do like the the print version or trying to do the the Kindle version. And oh god, it was it was desperate. And I think in the end, I just said like. I just said, David, like you can have all you have all the royalties for this book, and I just signed it. Just you know, he any money he gets it, and now so. But then it's like, well, that's not kind of the book I would. That's not really the book I would write. So, but my name's like attached to it now. But it was, you know, like David. It should just be David's book. But it was, it was, it was very informative to, to me to know to not get involved in. In something, unless I really want to be in, involved with it, um, but, but I'm not really. Learning. But then, but then I kind of get involved with other things where I'm like, "Why well, have I started this? You know, I could I could be doing something else." But even when even when you do something that you're not like my my son managed to get him like you and I managed to get him like an in with a graphic designer to do some graphic design sort of like in the moment he's working in like Poundland. And um, is anybody out there who's got a, who anywhere in the world where, where you can work with a British passport? Um, my son is 21. I think he needs to, I mean, he needs to like basically escape from, uh, well, where he's living, his mum, his mum is selling the house. She's moving to Hull, which is, which is like, like committing suicide, basically. She's moving to Hull. So he's going to have to, he's going to get teft out anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's, anyway, but I, I, it's, it's very, it's a very hard worker, as AKA is working in Poundland, 
and uh, which is kind of inst- which is instructive working in Poundland. So if you know what Poundland is, it's a place where everything's supposed to be a pound, but it's not not anymore because of inflation. So people will be coming in and they'll be like going, oh, this is supposed to be a pound. It's, it's like one pound 20 and all that kind of stuff. It's in, it's in Sheffield. And there's like people having fights and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of good fun. But um, when he, but I got him this like in, um, I got him an, an in to, to uh, working, uh, working, doing some graphic design work with somebody who I should, I have actually, I have uh, nepotism is nepotism is very is highly underrated <laughs> for nearly everything's nepotism in life you, you, you realize that so anyway so so i got him like an in to to try and do a you know like this this friend of mine he's got like a graphic design company um as like a they wanted like a junior designer so they're just uh which is probably not a good time at the moment because you're like going into like recession but he agreed to get Ewan to do a little a little bit of work and it was um it was like doing a uh it was doing a three D transforming thing, like a graphic that would transform into something else. Cause he's he's quite he's he's kind of he's very enthusiastic, so he, so so it's about it was you know, it's a bit it was a bit different. So anyway, so he said he was doing it. And he came over here to to visit me, and he was he basically spent the whole time doing that. And I was I was like being like a real like uh, like you and like it doesn't matter. It's not it doesn't matter how good it is. All it matters is that you demonstrate that you can keep doing it and you can keep working on it, and you don't need instruction. Um, like the hard the, the one of the hardest things if you're employing someone is when you say, "Can you do this?" What you really want is for someone to go away and do it. And uh, and then come back, and then you can say like, well, that's not really what I wanted, but it's but it's like, but it's good enough. We'll just use that. But when they're like, but when you feel like sometimes I've I've man I've gotten people involved to do some designy graffiti graphicy stuff for some of my book projects, and I've like you know, can you lay this out in like InDesign, and uh, like you you imagine they're going to be much better than you at InDesign. But then you go and you look at it and you're like, oh, that's not really, that's not really, you know, this is wrong or this is wrong. And and then you sort of end up, you end up trying to like teach them how to use InDesign. And you're like, now I'm not only not getting my stuff done that I was employed this person to do, I'm now teaching them how to use the thing I am, I'm paying them to do. So, so is, so, so I was saying to him, like, you just, you just need to just keep doing it. And it doesn't matter. Like I, I said to him, like if if you're working in Poundland or you're working in some crap job, it doesn't matter that you're not getting paid a lot of money at your age because, in a way, you could pay them because you're learning so you're learning so much that's that's more use, that's very useful later on in life. Like the money is like as long as you've got enough money, it doesn't really matter how, how much money you know. As long as you've got enough money, you're learning something all the time. And uh, they're doing you a favor in a way, so which turned out to be true with this job because he realized that he really doesn't really like graphic design <laughs> because he said like Dad, you just you do something and then all you and all it is is like can you change this and can you change that and can you change this and he says like like it just it's just like demoralizing because you know like you've you've probably got the your boss, your line person telling you, can you change all this, change it, change the colors, do this to purple or whatever. And then you, and then there's the the client, it'd be like, oh, can you change this? Can you change that? And and he said, it's just, 
it's just like demoralizing. And I say that's why it's quite good to do your own your own projects because then there's no one else to to do that. You know, you're your own. You're kind of your own boss and your own. You're the you're the client in a way, which is uh, like quite a lot of successful graphic design people. They do like fifty percent of their own stuff, and they do fifty percent of stuff for for like other people, which is. You know, anyway, so that's kind of it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that he he um he's kind of realised that really. But that's life. I'm like, if you're going to get paid to do something, then it's generally not going to be something you wanted to be doing. You know, it's you know, it's that's the that's the way it is. You know, so and not often the more money you get paid, the more you don't want to be doing it because it's boring. You know, um, if it was exciting and fun, you know. Uh, you know, people would do it for free. So, so yeah. So, um, what's that got to do with, uh, what's that got to do with graphic design? Let's go backwards. Uh, I was talking about the book, blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah. So the, so the, this, this, the book originally, this on the line book, I started rewriting, um, started rewriting me, myself and I, the big wall soloing rope soloing book. And it was a little, it was a little bit in there about top rope soloing, which was like really tiny. So I decided to rewrite that, but then, it, but then it just got out. It got so so much information. I was like, this has to be a different book. So so then I started that book, but really I shouldn't have even started doing me myself and I because it's too it's too smaller market. Like what the book I should have probably been writing was this book uh, by a thread, like a book about clothing outdoor clothing how to wear clothing extreme environments kind of thing but i didn't or or or, or a book called up which is like a book about how to climb a rope rather than abseil down a rope or you know so anyway the, these things are all good in retrospect but but every t- every project you do in a way it's like going it's like going to university or something not that i've ever been but you but you you're, you're learning even 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 the the that you're learning how to do things you don't want to do and kind of get on with them is a is a very useful is a very useful skill but um i remember when when i was when vanessa was talking about having kids the only the only thing about having kids for me was how it would impact being able to do work how to you know like you've got loads of stuff i want to do loads of work stuff i want to do or finish and having kids is really going to make that really difficult. And that was the only thing that I thought was going to be bad. And I thought it was going to, you know, be like, you know, it was going to reduce my ability to get shit done by 50%. But what, in the end, it ended up being my ability to do something is like, <laughs> like 0.5% of what, it, of what it used to be. So, so yeah, is it zero? <laughs> anyway, I basically have like no time to do to do anything at all. So, but I'm sure that all those things will change. So, um, so yeah, so the, uh, so, but it's kind of, it's kind of nice to start seeing your, your pages kind of appear looking like when you export them as a PDF and the, you start seeing how they look and, uh, but yeah, I have realized like in that there's a, there's a page like nomenclature, what we call it, name and lecture, um, like defining the names of things in the book so everyone understands what I'm talking about. And I've done a few diagrams in in there. And I've um 
I did them in the style. What's his name? Uh, got the book here. Uh, in the style of Sheridan Anderson, who did a lot of diagram, a lot of like illustrations in like Royal Robin's books and uh, some fishing books. Which uh, so I decided to do just the diagrams in that section in his style. But it probably took me about three days to do these like four diagrams. And I was like, why? Like, that's the thing is, if, you, if it's your own project, you can waste three days just doing three, three little pointless diagrams where you could probably you could probably do do them. You know, you could do it in an hour if you just did them like how you normally do them. But it's that I guess it's that ability to to, to the value of things that have no real value is, uh, you know, is why you, you do it like a friend of mine. He he writes uh, guidebooks and in America, and he got a copy of uh, what was it? It was one of, one of the books. I think it was like higher education or something. And he said something like, "Within by the time he got to the title page, he knew all his books were crap or something." And I, and I think the only reason he said that was when it's your own book, you can or it's your own film or your own whatever. You know, you can put in. You can just you can put in all these. I guess it's it's like loved, isn't it? It's like a loved kind of thing, you know. You look you you put love into it and care and uh, lock out respell and there's also always like mistakes and everything I ever do. But you but hopefully people can see that you really put a lot of care into this thing. Like you really cared. You wanted it to be something more than everything else. If you know what I mean. Actually, speaking speaking of love and care. My other son, no, my other son, my, the son I was talking about, no, uh, Ewan, he uh, sent me a, a video and it was um, it was from TikTok and it was like some two and a half year old and the dad had like a a um, uh, chalkboard and he was like drawing like uh, a square and then the, the, the child was like square and he's like, what's this? Draw a triangle, triangle, what's this? Circle, circle. And... So you and sent me this and was like, oh god, this is like this is kind of Im- this is kind of impressive, and I was like, oh, that's not impressive. So I, so I did a video where it was me. So I was like doing, I was doing square and and Noah, who's like two and a half, who's like square and then circle, circle. And I drew a tree. He was like tree, and then I then I started drawing a digger, and he's like digger, and I was like, what's this part of the digger? And he's like the piston, and then what's this part of the digger? The cab. What's this? This, you know, the tracks and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, the so the first time I did this video um, for a joke, at the end I said, I said, what kind of digger is this? And he, and he said, uh, um, like stone digger. And I was like, no, it's a JCB digger. Now go away or something. It's a joke. Anyway, he just like burst into tears. Oh my god, it was like it was. It was like awful. It was good. I guess kids don't get don't get humour, do they? Grown up humour, but I guess it was like awful, crushingly because he was. It was like so crushing because he was like, he could tell like he was doing a really good job answering all these questions. I was like really proud of him, and suddenly he was like, <laughs> you know, like I'm very disappointed to get out of here. Anyway, he's he's a he's a he's he's got this like he must have must be toxic. Must have this toxic masculinity. Because he hates you to see him crying, so he he went and stood behind the blackboard, crying. So it was all so it's really really terrible. So I was like, pull yourself together. Anyway, so um, anyway, I redid it again, and uh, 
So yeah, but yeah, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be so careful. I used to actually, I actually made some videos uh, a long time ago, and it was about positive parenting. It was like for somebody else. It was like a, you know, something to do with like education or um, social workers or something. And I had to be, I had to play the part of a positive parent. And they had to play the part of a negative parent. So the positive parent was like, oh, get those pens and draw me draw me a picture. And like, oh, I bet you're going to draw the best picture ever. And, and oh, that picture's so good. And oh, that, that red is the best red ever and all that kind of stuff. And then the next then the next version, you get the same child and you'd be like, oh, draw, get those paintings that draw me a picture. No, you, that's, you're not doing it right. Like, no, you're the light, that's wrong. That's the wrong colour. And and you just, you're just like criticising them all the time until the kids just kind of like stopped doing it and just said just like like it's almost like you do it or something and so it's kind of it's kind of interesting i don't actually believe in positive positive parenting i think there's i think you, you end up with kids who are like a bit delusional like they think everything's great and then they go then they get up and get into the get into the real world and they're like you know get down that pit and start digging coal oh i'm gonna be the best best coal miner ever and it's like get down oh you idiot or something so um so yeah so but it was a good it was a good reminder of that it's like don't do jokes you know don't don't make jokes at the expenditure of expend expenditure <laughs> at the expense of your of your children yeah and that, that is a that i think when i had my 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 first lot of kids that was something someone told me that that um don't use your children as props so so yeah um uh, yeah well speaking speaking of uh one thing that was interesting in my uh, opening InDesign and starting doing InDesign again. So InDesign is like like Adobe have InDesign, which is for like laying out documents for doing print to send to the printer, and then you have Adobe Illustrator, which is like um, graphic design illustrations, and you have Photoshop for doing photographs and stuff. Um, one thing I realized was like since since the beginning of time. Like in design, you have these things called master pages where say you have like the the number of the page would be like in the middle. Like you would apply that master page to every every page with the number on it. So if you wanted to adjust the, where the number is, you just change the master page and every single page it would move to the left or right or something. Anyway, so I suddenly realized that they changed it to like parent page. And I was like, that's a bit weird. And uh, so I googled it, and it was they've got they got rid of the word master page because it um it could trigger somebody or it was you know offensive to slay ex slaves who were doing graphic design or something. And did you know like this this part of you was like what the what the hell? I just want to just you've been using this software forever, and you just you just feel like just deleting it and just like I'm not. You know, this is like I'm out. You know, I'm not any anyone who's who's spending time changing like everything that's ever been written about using these master pages now is like doesn't make any sense because people will be like googling parent pages and anyway. But parenting is kind of uh, if you got shagged by your you know by your parents or something, got uh, you know it's, it's yeah. So parent pa- parent pages are are kind of uh, kind of upsetting. So yeah, I kind I kind of. I kind of worry about. I think I sometimes I sometimes kind of meet people, and they really buy into all this, and they want to be a, you know, <laughs> you know, in their office they're uh, in they're in the they want to be a trans ally, and uh, 
they think lockdowns are great and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, Christ almighty, like if you were, you know, your, 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 your code in your brain is so, um, is, is, is so corrupted, basically. Like how can you make sense of anything if you go through life sort of, uh, you know, thinking like that? So, so yes, yeah, so, so the master, the master pages is like, people would all, you know, in the past, people said like, all that kind of stuff that's just on the internet and, uh, you know, but it but it doesn't. It kind of bleeds out into into everything else. And I guess it, you know, you say oh, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. You know, it's not really it's not really a big deal. Master pages, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think it. I think it's. Uh, I think it does. I think it does matter. Matter anyway. Um, what master beta? How does that? Where does that fit into into the parent beta? So um. Yeah, what am I going to talk about? I haven't, I haven't really got anything to talk about. Um, I must have I've got, I've got to fill in some, got to fill in some, fill in some time. I'm sure I've got some sort of inane question. Uh, God, I get so many questions about about rope soloing. It drives me mad for some reason. Um, about what device to use, and I always just say, just use a Grigri. Like you know, just because um, you can't buy you can't buy silent partners anymore. And I'm just like, just use the Grigri. Like there's all, you know, <coughs> like your man who, um, who free climbed solo, free climbed, like rope solo, free climbed the nose, Japanese fella. Um, he just used the Grigri. So I just said, just use the Grigri. So that's, 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 that's it. That's, that's the end of the podcast. Um, what should I talk about? What could I talk about? Um, uh, I really like I really like podcasts that make you cry. I don't think I've done any. Don't think I've done any podcasts that make you cry. Um, I think I'd probably end up crying if I start try to do one like that. Uh, but um, what <laughs> management management training? Yeah, maybe I should do do one about management training. Um, someone I met someone the other day in the in a cafe somewhere. And he was, I was telling him, a friend of mine is sort of a well-known kind of like men's kind of health, men's, um, you know, motivational men's kind of person where you're like, he's in a room. I often see him on Instagram. He's like in a room and there's lots of men and he's kind of walking up and down and he's, uh, he's like saying, you know, men, you know, and they're like, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Have you got balls? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. No. And <laughs> so so I was like trying to explain to this other guy about this guy who does lots of stuff with men. And I was like, you know, like, you know, it's like, it's like uh, Tom Cruise in that film, you know, like, like, um, like, uh, <laughs> Love the cock or something. He was like, what? I said, you know, that's that, that Tom Cruise film, that Tom Cruise film where he's like saying, um, respect the cock or something. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? I said, there's a film in there where he's like, he's like, tame the pussy, respect the cock. And he's like, uh, and he's looking at me like I was like a complete, uh, was that film? Steel Magnolias. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so yeah, but it turned, it turned out it's, it's Magnolia, isn't it? It's not Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias is like a lot of old women or something. So he probably went away and he's probably like rented uh, Steel Magnolias and he's waiting for uh, Tom Cruise to appear. Um, and all that kind of stuff, but 
um, that kind of that kind of thing of standing in like someone someone emailed me this week and he was like, when are you gonna are you ever gonna you know you're gonna go on tour again? Are you gonna and I was like I was like basically no like I have no interest in ever going on tour again because it's just it's just I've just last time it was just way too stressful and not only do you have to deal with offending anybody you also have to feel you have to have to deal with like people feeling anxiety about you offending someone else which is almost worse because they might not feel offended but they're like think oh but that might offended someone like with down syndrome or something so you so you're you're you know you're so that anxiety we just really made that kind of stuff not really uh much fun really so so i said no i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not really i'm, I'm never gonna do that again and which is kind of a shame because you spend like 20 years kind of getting good at it but anyway that, that, that's how it happens the world changes and uh i said also i've not done anything to talk about so that, that that's it but it was me it made me think about um you know like this kind of men stuff maybe I should maybe I should like get into that like are you a man you know like yeah and all that kind of stuff um <laughs> you know like so just just like yeah I could what could I wear I could wear some like get some leather trousers um you know I get some really tight jeans and I could get like a leather waistcoat I won't have a leather trousers and I wear leather waistcoat I could get some I could get some leather no I could get some cords no not cords i could get some jeans and i could get some cowboy boots with like really long toes with like silver bits on the end um and i could get like a leather waistcoat uh there's some out waistcoats that are always a bit dis- are always a bit disturbing <laughs> a waistcoat i could get one of those waistcoats with loads of pockets in it like a tan like a desert one with loads of pockets so you can put your uh your film, your film canisters in it and stuff. That would be good. And I could get like a little ear earpiece that goes in my ear, like I'm listening to somebody else telling me, you know, like uh, target down 10, 10 minutes out or something. So uh, no, I'm not going to do that. So but yeah, I wondered what I would do if I was doing motivational speaking to men. What's it called? The manosphere or something? Um, what would I call it? What? Um, yeah, what? Would I, what? How would I do it? Like I, I'm, I'm not very good at like. I'm not very really good at like those kind of, I'm not very really good at anything that you're supposed to be good at. Like if, you know, like even, even like businessy, like I've done talks for like, you know, visa and all those kind of people, like businessy type people. And I'm always like, I always come away thinking like, Oh God, that was not, that was not, was not good. Like I always, you know, I always like, remember only work hard when people are looking and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And you just, you just feel, I don't know. I want, I once, I once did a talk, I might mention this, but I did a talk. It was for, um, it sounds like Alan Partridge here. It was for um, Samsung. Now it was for uh, Manitou, Manitou Diggers. Oh God, no, I would have loved it. It was Manitou Diggers. And all, but basically when you do these, when you go and do a talk for these, for whoever it is, it's basically exactly the same people. You could be doing it for like Boeing or you could be doing it for, and summers, you could be doing it for anybody, anybody you want. It's the same bunch of people because they're just like salespeople. And they like today they could be selling like Mother Teresa's underpants, and then the next day they could be selling like you know like artillery rounds or something. It doesn't. They don't really care. They're just they're just like salespeople. And 
so yeah, it's always kind of it's always kind of it's always kind of weird being in that environment of like people who are really good at selling them selling stuff and really motivated and about money and all that kind of stuff when you're you're not really like that. So but sometimes it's quite sometimes when you don't want anything that's kind of a that's kind of appealing to people because you're not trying to impress them which is kind of weird because you got the gig already you're on the stage talking about stuff so that like sometimes that's kind of disarming that that you're uh you know that you're not so yeah <laughs> so maybe maybe that could be my in with the men i could be like um uh kill yourself basically <laughs> go go and kill yourself uh something, something like that why well, get um take loads of depressants kill yourself get yourself a fast car and drive it into a tree and they'd be like what's this guy's oh my god this guy is not like the other guy who was telling us to start lifting weights and do jujitsu like this guy's just you know like marry you know find someone who you really don't like who uh who's got who's just gonna fleece you for all your money and uh and then kill yourself and they'd be like oh god this is this is some good this must be good because like nobody else tells you this or these things um <laughs> so what would bear what would bear grills do yeah, because Bear Grylls, I made the mistake of introducing my wife to uh, Audible because I've got like I've got that thing where you you have to buy you buy an Audible book every month or something. You pay some money or something, and uh, she didn't realize it was free. I mean, she didn't realize it, you had to pay for it. So she thought it was like Spotify, like she could just download all these books, which I was paying for. So she's so before I knew it, I had like fifteen Bear Grylls books on my bloody you know audible account or something so he but he did like some he seems to have been doing all these uh motivational book things recently you know it's always a picture of like someone like curling a kettlebell or something uh you know but it'd be i think he started growing this mustache i don't know if he's noticed and he wearing a lot of black clothes and i think he might be gonna start his own fascist um party the bg party uh, the British, um, <laughs> the British. What would, it, what would the G stand for? Um, Gonads party for men. It'd be like a party just for men. Um, yeah. So he's like, he started. He's been doing loads. You see these like ridiculous pictures of Bear Grylls, where he's got uh, like massive um, weights on his ankles. You know, it looks like uh, he's got elephantitis or something. He's got these big massive weights on his ankles and he's got a, a hat with loads of with a dumbbell attached to the top of it or something or a helmet and he's like he's like walking through like a farmyard or something and he's like oh christ almighty so but yeah but he's he's looking quite fit you know it's not he's, he's giving up the vegetables or something so yeah so but he's writing all these books you know and it's there's so many of them so many of these motivational books out there now and they're all kind of it's all kind of obvious you know, who's that guy, Chris somebody? He's like, oh, he's got podcasts and he's like, uh, you know, he's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you do in the morning, Chris? Well, I get up, I get up at five in the morning and I drink some salt and uh, and then I uh, I get out and I, I have to I go out for a walk and I have to see the sun on my face and, and then I come back and then I jump into my um, my freezer tub um, you know, for for so many seconds, and again to my isolation tank. Uh, then I make myself as a smoothie, but without using any electricity. It's like a hand smoothie, 
and uh, I put my my um, whatever milk it is, like you know, milk from a from a sparrow or something, and some special yam pips or something, you know. And but, it, but they, they tell you this thing, you're like, you're just making this up. That's not that's not what you do. You just fucking get out of bed and you put the telly on, and then you check your emails, then you have a cup of coffee or something, and then you just. Uh, you know, whatever, like, but yeah, so, 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 so I guess everyone is always trying to sell you this, like the perfect lifestyle, you know, like maybe some people do that kind of stuff, but I don't think, I don't think most people do, you know, like I just, what do I do in the morning? Kind of get up because my son's going, dad, dad. And that could be between like half five to half seven. Dad. And you can only, only ignore him for so long. And then um, have to pick him up, switch up his white noise, take him downstairs, put on the telly, put on uh, Digger's uh, YouTube, kids YouTube, and it's like uh, Stone Digger. It's like I can't, I can't get you Stone Diggers. I can only get you Diggers. Like don't be so specific. Like look, there's a Digger. So I put on some Digger, and it's like uh, some song, like uh, which not you know some of them are quite good. It's like I'm a Digger. You know, <laughs> that's how good it is. You know, some of them are like, I'm a digger, 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 digger. Sometimes it's like uh, Australian soldiers, and he's always disappointed with that. Um, or women who are trying to, you know, get your money. So so I do that, and then eventually my wife comes downstairs with this other baby, and uh, she's like, how long has he been watching that telly for? I'm like, not that long. Oh, t- turn it off now. It's too much for him. I'm like, it's okay. Leave him alone. You know, and he's like, he's sitting there. He's like smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, he's only had one cigarette. Leave him alone. Leave the bane alone. And um, he's only had one. He's only he's only drinking shots. So so then she makes breakfast and you know, all that kind of stuff. Eventually it's like, Get baby in buggy, take baby out. Ah, oh, that time sticker taking baby out. It's raining, and uh, get effing baby out. I'm sick of a bot, sick of bot. Anyway, so um, so yeah, that's that's my that's my morning. It's not like every day. It's just been every day for the last five and a half months. So so yeah, but it doesn't sound as impressive, does it? Does it? So so yeah. So maybe uh, yeah, this motivational motivation. For men, I guess women could do it, but I think I've I think I've decided to become fully misogynistic. I've decided that uh, that most of the world's problems are to do with women. I think that's my that's my uh, like before it used to be all to, it was all men's problem. But most of the world's problems to do with men, but I think now I think we can start blaming the women for quite a lot of them. So at least it's good if there's only one gender you can blame because then the other one can feel superior. So, so yeah. So, what could I call it? This men's uh, men's thing. <laughs> now, I've gone down the stupid. This is stupid now. I can stop talking about men's things. But yeah, in that, but in Ireland, you could probably do quite a lot of men's stuff because there's quite a lot of men in Ireland, um, and they're all kind of conflicted. Like Ireland is actually quite a masculine society. Like a lot of people are into GAA, and you know, kind of most people are working. There's a lot of manual kind of jobs, people building stuff and farmers and everything like that. So it's so it could be, uh, you know, like, um, you know, you could you get all those farmers together, you know, you know, like, uh, OK, farmers, you know, next time you think about blowing your brains out with a shotgun, do it, you know, that kind of stuff. And that, oh, this is good stuff. Good stuff. So they don't speak like that. 
what would it, yeah, motivate? I was thinking about um, leadership because it was, you know, maybe that could be a part leadership right then. And this is the afternoon session. We're going to talk about leadership. Like, number one about leadership, fucking avoid it. <laughs> you know, still, just don't lead people because people have, as Stalin said, no people, no problem. Just, just don't involve yourself with other people whatsoever. You know, so that probably is. If if I did, if I had to talk about leadership, that would probably be it. Is whenever I've been in a position of leadership, I've tried to uh, escape it because um, it's a nice idea being in charge, but the reality is you're probably going to be bad at it, and you're probably going to get the blame for everything that goes bad. You know, everything that's bad. You just, you can't. You know, you can't work with with people, basically. So that's one reason for doing soloing. I probably do like about solo leadership, how to lead yourself. Yeah, that's probably quite good for men because men don't, men don't really have any friends, do they? So I was like, how to lead yourself in, uh, in an inclusive, um, empathic, holistic way. You know, I could wear like a... What kind of clothes would I wear? I probably dress. I probably dress at this thing a bit like Ben Fogel. I probably wear like a like a, an old jumper with like bits coming out, you know, like a bit of paint on it or something. My holes in it and the, on the elbows. And I probably wear like a yellow scarf, like a Frenchman, tucked in. Um, a pair of shorts, maybe a pair of brown shorts uh, that faded from being on the beach. Maybe some of those um, those shoes that people wear on boats that don't, don't, don't make marks on them. Boat shoes, I think they're called. Uh, but they, where I come from, boat shoes is the shoes you buy. <laughs> anyway, so um, so yeah, some more of self 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 leadership. Yeah, self leadership sounds kind of sounds cool, doesn't it? Self leadership by Andy Kirkpatrick. Self leadership. Um, C L, C L by Andy S L, not C L. <laughs> S L S L by Andy Kirkpatrick. Self lead by Andy Kirkpatrick. So um, yeah, self leadership is uh, the good thing about self leadership is nobody can you can't blame anybody apart from yourself, which is a very good, very good thing in uh in life. Good thing to under good thing to accept that when generally when things are bad, it's your fault. Uh, even if it's not your fault, just think just if you if you accept it's your fault, then you can start work getting yourself out of that problem. But if you think it's somebody else's fault and therefore it's their job to fix it, then that's not that's not good. Because especially if it's not their fault, because generally it won't be their fault, it'll be your fault. But if you're like blaming them and hitting them and wanting them to die and all that kind of stuff. Then that's not that's not good. So if you just accept, if you say, if I think it's okay, that's my fault, and um, and everyone would be like, everyone likes it when there's someone who says it's their fault. You know, like who run those kids down? It's like that's my fault, and um, so so it's so yeah, so so ownership we call that in the business in this in the self development self self leadership business we call that ownership. We own it. I'm like I'm starting like. Jocko Willink now. Jocko Willink, have you listened to Jocko Willink? He's got some very good podcasts, by the way. Is um he does this he does this thing where I don't know if you've listened to Jocko Willink, you know, he's like a big, big guy. And he does this thing where someone says, uh says, Yeah, then I was there and I was like 
I was firing and my machine gun and it was it was red and, uh, and you know my arm, one arm got blown off and I kept on firing and then my other arm got blown off and I got my my toe in there and I was like firing the machine gun my leg got blown off and then you know then I was like hopping along and I managed to get my ear in there and then my ear got blown off and then and then eventually like I ran out of ammunition and there was always like a long pause and and Jocko Willing so it's like. And then he starts talking and it's always, it's always like the, you know, it's like the, oh God, that was, so, that was pretty intense. You've, you even got Jocko Willink, like, yeah, I should, I should, I should probably add some of that into my, um, into this podcast. So this podcast is basically just a massive, long, stupid ramble as I'm looking at the, how long, how long it's, uh, how long it's going on. And uh, I'm waiting for someone to shout like, come and get baby, get baby out. So, um. So yeah, so so yeah, so now let's be serious now. Let's let's be serious. Let's have some real. Let's let's give you some. Let's have some. Let's put some meat in this sandwich, right? And some cheese, um, and some and some sweet chili sauce, yeah, um, and some peanut butter, um, peanut butter and sweet chili sauce. That is a now that's a good mix. If you ever make something like if you ever make yourself a stir fry, or you're camping or whatever, just mix. Sweet chili, sweet chili sauce and peanut butter together, and like it's amazing. I like, swear, like if you ever have a beef burger, if you mix sweet chili sauce and uh, peanut butter, mix them together, amazing, very very good. Anyway, so so let's put some. Let's be serious about leadership. What do I know about leadership? Um, I would think probably because I don't want to ever be a leader. I think I'd probably have learned. That you have to lead. So that's number one. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a leader, you gotta do, you gotta you gotta do some leading basically. And there's 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 a lot to be said for having lots of like because often you're in that position where there are a lot of people who are very competent around you because you're in a position where you're doing something and you and you know you've tried to pick good people or good people just happen to be there. And you can you you can feel you can have this thing where well everyone's so good that well just let them just do their own thing and it'll all be fine and I'll get the I'll get the kudos because I'm like the leader, but generally that doesn't work. the 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 more the more competent people are, the more you need to kind of lead them and corral them and get them to 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 do what you want to do because everyone will be doing their own thing. Uh, like even even just getting people together to get going at the same time can be like a nightmare. That's that's a, that's a classic leadership thing. Is so in my in my Hollywood days when I was working on uh, you know working on films and TV type things is you realize that the director is not really this like the writer wrote it and the cameraman is filming it and the cinematographer is lighting it. And you know the the rig the you know everybody else is doing all the work, and really the director is just a person who is kind of getting all those people to you know getting all those people together. And you know, do you know what I mean? Like he's you always imagine that the that the that if you're the 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 director, the other person who is you know, but really the director is like the manager. He's like the leader of all these people, and. Uh, you just got to get them all to work at the same time, 
if you know if you know, if you know what I mean. So often when you're when often when you're on trips and you realise so like generally someone has to be the leader. Someone has to establish themselves as the person who's kind of in charge. And oh here's, here comes the here comes the there's a woman with a baby here. Are you on the phone? No, I'm doing my podcast. Oh, sorry. Get out. You sound hoarse. Maybe you should <clears> look <throat> it up. What, what time is it now? It's after five. After five. I've been talking for two hours. No, I've only just... I've, I don't want me sitting up here the whole time. <laughs> oh, I guess that's it. I was just getting, to, just getting onto a roll. Just getting onto a roll. Just left the door open as well. Um... So yeah, so I guess <laughs> yeah. So so the key to leadership is leading. So I guess that's what my uh, that's um, you know that, what, what yeah. I, th- I remember I remember once when I was I was climbing El Cap and it was part of making a TV thing, and there was uh, was there five of us. There was too many people to fit in all the portal edges, so in, we had three people in in a two person portal edge. Which sounds which sounds doable, but it isn't. And um, like he realised, he can't really get two people in a two people in a two person portal edge. So I remember there was this, there was there was one moment where it was a very very long day and like hauling all this gear up for everybody and anyway get to this ledge and I'm kind of I'm kind of like I've I did all the hauling and then I got all the portal edges all set up and I got everybody into their sleeping into the portal edges and I was like getting all the bags out of the of the, out of the whole bags like the sleeping bags and giving them and give and I was getting the food out and giving them all the food and getting them the water and and by the time I'd finished it was probably like half past 10 at night or something it was dark and I I I hadn't like I hadn't got my bivy gear out I hadn't eaten anything I hadn't drinking everything but everybody else was all sorted out and I, I was like the last person to to be sorted out. And I think by the time I was ready to sort myself out, uh, I think we didn't have any food left. I think everyone had eaten all the food. It was like the last day. We were like two pictures from the top. It was like the last day. And I remember thinking like, this is probably the epitome of like what leadership is all about is you're kind of looking after, like all these people are doing their job and they're doing it a good, they're doing a good job of, filming and climbing and cleaning and all this kind of stuff being safe looking after each other and your job as the leader is to facilitate them doing all their jobs well and kind of looking after them in a way like being like their their dad or something and yeah yes i'll bring out the buggy when i'm ready okay i'm nearly finished I'll just edit all this stuff out. So I, I, I was getting to the point there. I was going to start crying. I was going to be like, and it was then that I realized, yeah, I, you know, like, whew, I'd never kissed a man. Um, but it was, uh, so yeah, I think that's probably my two, my two, I must be another one. I need to give you three. So number one is don't lead. Uh, number two is, I oh know we have got three. Number two is if you're going to lead, and you can't not lead, then lead. Pretty good. And number three is if you're going to lead, um, lead by example. Um, (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, but maybe some some of the leadership is like is to not lead as well. Like even if you're leading, um, it's not to lead. It's to let other people lead. Is let is to is to allow other people to, you know, is I guess if if you're in a war, you're not you have to like if you're in charge, you can't be running around getting shot because you're in charge. You have to be, you have to be, uh, you have to, you know, you have to allow other people to, you know. To, to 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 go in front and uh and doing that all that kind of stuff and uh but no yeah no think about it there's a, there is quite a lot to leadership um that I, that I could think about if I actually thought about it and there's quite a lot to do with like conflict there's quite a lot to do with trying to work with people who are just assholes or mental um yeah there's quite a lot there is quite a lot to this leadership thing which I might have to explore uh, and sp- and also the man stuff, yeah, the man. Maybe we should maybe do a combined leadership for men, self leadership and other leaderships for men. So yeah, maybe maybe that's a I can't be asked. So um, okay, so I better go. I've got to take this baby out, baby. Got to take baby out. Take go down to the pub, get get some. I put I go in the go into the pub and get get loads of smoke in baby's lungs, um. We don't smoke around here. In fact, the other day I was actually sitting somewhere in a cafe. I had my two mini kids, and someone started smoking near me, and I almost turned around and said, "Excuse me, could you not smoke? My children are here." And I was like, "What are you? What are you talking about? Like, don't don't say that." So it's funny. I've turned into one of those one of those people, like uh, little Timmy is his asthma or something. So I was like, so I, ch- I was like, suck it in, son, suck it in. That's what that's what it used to be like in in past. And I like it, Daddy. I like the smoke. Um, <laughs> okay, that, that's, I'm just I've just waffled on. So this this probably this could be the last podcast I ever do. So um, so yeah, I do I do apologise. So anyway, off I, off I go. Um, until next time, stay safe.